So in order to wear ninja shoes, I have to have smoke bombs. Well, you're the one who called them ninja shoes, to yeah. be fair. Well, that's what they're. That's what they are. Are they? I mean, I just think yeah, the split, the the two toes, yeah, the, the split, split. Are you saying yeah. only ninjas wear those shoes? Well, they're the ones who originated them. Yeah, or Did they? maybe posers do too. Oh, <laughs> well, I would definitely be a poser. Take that one of these. No, you wouldn't. You'd walk only, right. Only, only ninjas uh, trained in the ancient, ancient art of. Shogun assassination, uh, and you. <laughs> I am down at the karate at Quanjay Nim's Karate Mart down in the strip mall. Right, I feel like we're gatekeeping ninjas right now. Man, I used to want ninja shoes so bad. I know you could get them. I, I wanted ninja shoes. Yeah, so bad. I wanted anything martial arts related when I was a kid. You guys so. should both get ninja shoes, but Mark, why? I guess. All this begs the question, what is it about you? So are you thinking of this for your daily wear shoe? Yeah. You know, well, here's the thing, though. Did, instead of having one with the split uh, in there, which mm. completely gives away that you might be a ninja, you should get uh, just get something, that a little device on whatever shoes you want that makes a sort of a switchblade thing come out. Oh, that I would mean, be The cool. real reason for ninja shoes is so you can kick people in the neck with a sharp object, and uh, yeah, no, admittedly, Adidas can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> New Balance can't do that. Mike, mm-hmm. I, I have a request. I have a request here. Can yes. you can you do Jeff Foxworthy explaining whether you, when you might be a ninja? Uh, if you <laughs> are assigned to kill a shogunate by another shogunate, <laughs> but you're not supposed to let any of the shoguns know who killed him, and you sneak through a piece of balsa wood and drop a little, little bit of poison down in the man's mouth while he sleeps. Yeah, might just be me. Something That's like detailed. that. Good. Was it is this what is the split in the toes for? You put a Chinese star in there for weapons. Really? Yeah. And you kick someone in the goddamn neck. You got a better and grip. Go, <laughs> and they and they have just a couple minutes before they Feel them, feel their their life leave their body. So it's so sharp that it it severs the nerves and the skin, but they don't even feel yeah, it. I was wondering what practical purpose that served, but it well, just, I mean, I, I imagine sure. you could also do a spin kick and throw them with your feet. <laughs> I thought it was rope climbing. Yeah, or, or just scaling a wall. Multifaceted. You get better grip with two two surfaces. I don't know. Maybe you should just get some climbing shoes. And strap a knife to the bottom of those. Yeah. A la oh, Mike's yeah. suggestion. I think we should all just strap knives to our shoes. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bruce Lee shoes are called On- Onitsuka Tiger. Oh, yeah. I have some of those. It turned, the company turned into Asics. Asics. Yeah. Oh, I wow. got a yeah. pair of those. Yeah. Pat once said I was wearing wrestling shoes. That's what made me yeah. think of it. Those are great shoes. The yellow ones? No, they're not yellow. I don't have the yellow ones. Oh. Have you ever owned a, ye- a yellow ble- piece of clothing, though? Me or Brian or you? Either anyone here. I feel like I'm the only one that w- has ever worn yellow. And also, I think it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I had a yellow t-shirt I liked quite a bit. It was kind of well, stupid. What did it say on it? It was a Mousetrap shirt. Remember that band Mousetrap? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They covered Beast of Burden. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm sure I have at some point, but I, I think I could pull off yellow tennis shoes. Oh yeah, wow. you, for sure. Right. I mean, that, yeah. you can pull off different colors and tennis shoes pretty easily, like as opposed to other yeah. parts of your clothing. Well, you could. Most people could. No, I don't think most people could pull off yeah. yellow tennis shoes. No, you're 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 of a height that allows you to wear brightly colored shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand how that works. It's true. You and Mike both. Kevin, do you have any brightly colored shoes? No, I mean I have some white shoes, I guess. That, yeah, you know, and that's even for, hard sometimes. For a run, do you have any shoes that have knives connected to them? Not currently. <laughs> or nunchucks? Yes, that's that. That's when you're really next level. When you can hold, when you can hold a pair of nunchucks with your between your toe and the rest of your toes. <laughs> Is it nunchucks? And you just you just stand there screaming. And you just stand there spinning it around with one foot. <laughs> And it's less it's less intimidating because like people think, oh, this guy's a real nutball and he's I can defeat him. And then when they get up close, whack, bonk you on the head. 
Were those real, <laughs> real weapons or were those made up in about 1960 something? I've always wondered that myself. I don't know because mm. they don't seem very ideal as weapons. No, they seem like a weapon to 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 use and make people go stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it, cut it like out. Like a butterfly knife. Yeah. Ow! Stop. <laughs> like it seems like you're a lot better if you just had two thick wooden stick that was the length of the two. Like you don't need the chain. Just okay. just like. It's always long, just a big, like a club or a bat. Yeah, just a club. Yeah, clubs have been around for a long time. Or a gun. Why not just get a gun? Yeah, just get a gun. Why don't you get a shoe with a gun in it, Mark? I'll look that up. I'll work on that. <laughs> I think you could, I think Asics makes one. I think you could get it. Oh, yeah. And it's brightly covered, colored to go with your They actually make one with a crossbow. It's got a crossbow <laughs> in it that pops out. That would look the coolest. Yeah, crossbow would. in your shoe. Yeah, yeah. that would. Did it make you run faster? Maybe. Well, you got to be careful because if you if you cock your foot the wrong way, it's going to go off, mm -hmm. and it takes a minute to like you know. Right. You got to sit down. Uh -huh. right. If you have crossbow shoes, you have any uh -huh. crossbows that go around your thigh. You got like a a bolero, but it's around your thigh, and you got a bunch of different kinds. You got poison. You got gas. You got lightning. Bolero. Yeah, that Bo Derek movie. Wait, what? Are we... I'm very confused about what we're talking about right now. Wait, what is what? Bandolier, bandolier. Oh, oh right. okay. Motherfuckers okay. knew what I'm bandolier. I think you had a copy, you know, maybe on 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 Blu-ray of Bolero. Oh, Derek, that was a woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's still alive. She can still be a woman. She's still a woman. Well, I could get some kung fu shoes for like fourteen dollars. What makes shoes kung fu shoes? I don't know. They just kind of look like Vans. Well, the good thing about Kung Fu, they, they're slip-on, so you can right. kick yeah. and just use the whole shoe as a weapon, and it uh, flies like a, off. You oh, get yeah. like a steel plate in the bottom of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a weighted shoe? Like it's heavy. Yeah, totally. Is the brand Kung Fu, or is they are they described as Kung Fu shoes? No, Kung Fu style. Okay. No, they're 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 merch from the TV show Kung Fu, right. and they have a picture of David Carradine on one, wow. and then they have a picture of... Uh, the blind teacher guy on the other one. I know, you, I know you don't mean it this way, Mark, but when you say Kung Fu shoes, the first thing I think of is some asshole in 1983 pulling up at a pickup truck, screaming at some kids about wearing their Kung Fu shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did on the, on the bowels of the internet. I did come across a video recently of a, of a fella getting stabbed in the neck real quick. Ooh. Just a, like it wasn't a Ooh. big fight. The guy just, he approaches a guy and the uh, guy's like, get away. I got a knife. And then right. he, he approaches again. And the guy just like, it's just, it does no noise. It's just kind of a, just just like a, not a slash, just a straight forward. And the guy holds his neck and kind of like, you know, like, oh, like it, almost like a, with a look on his face of like, eh, that's weird. That feels weird. And then it's just kind of this like, you, he falls down like within like heart palpitations, like like you, you can tell like things are leaking too much, and he just it is frightening. Why are you turning our podcast into this snuff this snuff <laughs> film podcast? Right. We are we hey listen guys, I haven't announced it, but it's coming along. Uh -huh. This is the summer of snuff. Oh, that's. But it's probably just going to be for a month. But we're talking about <laughs> snuff and curses. Well, why can't it be the mm. you know the kind you you snort? That's snuff. Because there's not much to say about that other than that it's awesome, right? And we've never talked about it before on the podcast. They both give Mike raging hard-ons. So, <laughs> well, I'm not raging, but angry. Yes, angry. but rage is right. a little. I mean, they were raging until his 30s, but now yeah. it makes a, an erection raging. It's that thing of like we talked about the other week where you gotta if you if you're writing some pornography, uh some penthouse forum, some erotica, uh -huh. right. you have to you have to have a, a large list of uh right. adjectives to try and figure out new adjectives. Otherwise you're just like big old dick. You can only say big old dick <laughs> so many times. Well raging sure caught on, so yeah, whoever raging, first used that, good for them. Probably I'm going to guess Shel Silverstein. Mm -hmm. Where'd Mark go? I mean, we're used to being abandoned by him. I think we can get it started. I know it's cliche to say, but my abandonment issues are from my dad leaving our family. You know, he said he was just going to go 
down the street to buy a a couple cinnamon vape oil cartridges and he never came home. Well, it's tragic, man. It's so weird that your dad was a, a 2008 white trash dude. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, do you remember when people had the do people still have those like orchestra instrument looking vape devices when that was all the rage when like you had to have like what looked like a like a tuba like a piccolo or like yeah a, no you don't I, I you don't see those near as much anymore but they had the big rig oh it was yeah like a was big a, like it was it was heavy just, like put it, it was, together and stuff yeah and it was you know it's one of those things like everybody vapes now it's not really but it used to be so like you'd make fun of people because it looks so stupid and now stupid is commonplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's always true. I used to have a joke. I'd say when I was working at the bar, a guy, guy came into the bar and said, Hey, is it cool if I vape in here? And I said, well, you're allowed to vape in here. But there's nowhere that it's cool. <laughs> and it used to kill. No, it used to kill at a different <laughs> still, time when it made sense. It's still, I like it still. <laughs> no, it's a good joke. I, like it. I think it's still a good joke. Yeah, it's a good and joke. it's completely true. Welcome to INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe, with news analyst Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Wiebe, and professional commentator Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. Welcome to the International News Service. We're your hosts. I'm Kevin Harrison, along with... I'm Brian Camp. The name's Mike Weeby, and to our corner right, your, the audience's corner left, we have producer, mixer, masterer, sound engineer, foot fashion pioneer, CFO, CEO, Mark Ryan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> there we go. See? He's on a he's on a delay because he's a, he's our man in in Amsterdam. So much going on. He's busy. Isn't yeah, that busy. I was just I had to help Dana with set up the TV. The, the TV? The TV. The TV. Get the rabbit ears right. right. Yeah. He's watching Star Trek. Ooh. Which which iteration of Star Trek? Next generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear strange new voyage worlds is good. <laughs> There's a new show. It's called like Strange Voice. Listen, I don't watch that baby stuff. What do you watch? The news. It checks out. I don't know baby stuff. Uh-huh. For the rest, if it comes up again, I'll let you know what's baby stuff and what's not. I think we're all going to enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> so our first story comes to us from the Indy 100, which ah, is part of the uh, independent newspaper. It's the Ooh. first fifth of the famous race. Yes. Just the mm, first yes. fifth. Yes. Mm-hmm. You win a prize for that. It's not milk, but it's something like milk. Last month. Oh, wait. Hold on. I didn't do the intro. I'm an idiot. Why don't they do milk? Why do they do milk? I don't know. For for prizes. I think they only do that at the Indy 500. You know what what happened? What? You know what would happen if I won the Indy 500 and they come out and I'd throw it on the ground and go, this is baby stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that. That's baby stuff. So this week, we've got one news story, an arts and culture story, a bonus story for our Patreon listeners, and then Mike has a new story in Get to Know Your Podcast. It's the summer of snuff! Oh, no. That that should be good, then. As I said, our first story comes to us from the Indy 100, which is part of the Independent. Last month, a woman who bought a house near Reno, Nevada for $594,000 got way more than she bargained for when she discovered that her name appeared on the titles of 84 other homes valued at a total of $50 million. The county's chief deputy assessor speculated that this likely occurred because the title office that the buyer used copy and pasted the same data across all 85 properties. The assessor also revealed that mistakes like this are pretty common but they usually involve a handful of titles rather than 85. It is unlikely the woman will be able to retain the other 84 homes, however, because her offer and acceptance letter 
makes it clear she only intended to buy one property. Well, that's why you never... I, I write my stuff in a very loose manner. What, what do you mean? What does that mean? Well, saying like like when I bought uh, the, the, the house, the, right. the country house out here, mm-hmm. you know, out in the country, I wrote, I accept oh. place, and then I put apostrophe is for all perpetuity okay. in the universe or the known quantity in the home of man and in the after. Oh. So then if somebody accidentally were to put my my name on, say, let's say, let's say my name got on the title for the uh, Judge Roy scream in uh, Arlington, Texas at Six Flags. Yeah, that's Six okay. Flags. That's awesome. Then I can do, then I own the Judge Roy scream if that were to ever It'd happen. Mike Weeby's Judge Roy scream at Six Flags. Mike, Mike Weeby presents Paul Newman as Judge Roy and the Judge Roy scream. <laughs> and my addition was that we would show the 70s classic Judge Roy Bean on monitors in front of you. The slow-moving classic, I might add. <laughs> no, kids will love it. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah, so that that would be the thing. Be a nice sign <laughs> That's, for that, That would be my change to the park. And, you know, I don't know. It'd be cool, though. I would love to... I would lo- love to accidentally own a lot of things <laughs> sure what would what would be your your top if you just were like looking over your assets and then you're like oh i didn't i didn't mean to own that what would be the thing that just brightened your day the most a warehouse full of ninja shoes and chinese stars <laughs> <laughs> be awesome i would like to control the oh. u.s market on okay on fuel feudal Japanese weaponry. Okay. I want to, I want to, an embargo, control the market. Uh-huh. You try to assassinate me with these weapons. I think not because I have documents on where each one of them went. So, <laughs> so if my arch enemy Stavros or any of Stavros's uh-huh. henchmen, any of his minions buy it, I'll sure. be well aware. Yeah. Won't it be too late if they already buy, buy them? Cause they already have them. No, because I'll know that they have them, and I'll know that I need to put on my ninja shoes and walk around with Chinese stars in my toes. <laughs> well, wouldn't you just walk around with them all the time? Yeah, you probably seems wear a like pair every day yeah. and just toss them. No, sometimes I want to look casual. You know, danger happens all the time. Yeah, danger happens all the time. So, but sometimes I have to go swim. If you cornered the market on fuel Japanese weaponry and defensive clothing or offensive clothing, what would what would eight to 12 year old kids in America do when they went to the flea market? True. Would you still sell them? Would you allow other people to yeah. plastic? They get plastic. The nunchucks would have foam on them. Every time you say nunchuck, I think, isn't it supposed to be nunchuck? No, because when you hit people so hard, they go numb <laughs> after a while. Right. It does right. nerve damage and they go numb. Do you say nerve or nerd damage? Well, I mean, depending on who you're hitting. If you're, if you're fighting one of Stavros's minions, I call it nerd damage because I just nerd damage. I just want to I want to make them feel bad uh, mentally as well as physically. <laughs> that's what that's part of the ninja code, I think. Yeah, made them so they're so not deadly. crying from pain; they're crying from your bar. Exactly, insults. I grab them by their lapels and I pull them. I say, "You tell Stavros, he's messed with the wrong son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> And then I throw them down, and then I that I have a little uh, Bluetooth speaker, and, it, yeah. and I hit it in place. Now you're messing with a son of a bitch. <laughs> you know that song? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard it yeah. once or twice. Now you're messing with a son of a bitch. <laughs> that would be chilling. I would yeah. hate to be one of Stavros's henchmen. Yeah, I walk away in slow motion. Oh, just wow. extra slow. I mean, obviously, I can't control that. Well, you got the shoes on. So our next story comes to us from Vice. Wait, is that? Oh, wait. Are we done with the first one? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I mean, but let me ask you this. Can she not parlay that into some sort of benefit? Uh, Not really, because she didn't intend to buy. Like, there's no way they're just letting somebody buy 85 houses when she only paid for one. Was the headline of the story clerical error? No, because they... You know that wouldn't. Nobody's clicking on clerical error. That's what this well, is. Well, I feel like she needs to at least try and scam 
one with 80 there's got to be one she can kind of sneak to the side and kind of hold on to i get i hate it when there's like a, a wreck on the highway and like a bunch of cash flies out and there's always one guy's like oh i give it all back <laughs> well that guy's just hoping for a bigger reward for giving it all back and they never give it to you yeah. they just go thank you every single time that's why you got to keep some of it yeah you go back and give give 10 percent back and then you keep the rest mm-hmm. And they say they track money. Guess what? Nobody tracks money. How? How are you going to track cash? They got numbers on them. Yeah, yeah, they have serial numbers. Yeah, but who's yeah. checking the numbers? If I go buy something, banks? At, if I go banks? to, yeah, probably banks. I go to Poco Loco Chicken. Uh-huh. I go to Poco Loco uh-huh. Chicken. Po- Poco? You mean Poyo Loco? Poco Loco. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Poco Loco. <laughs> And I get some charred poco. Okay. Mm. And I get I get a head of uh, a head of charred poco, <laughs> and I give them a twenty. Uh-huh. <laughs> I give them uh-huh. a twenty, sure. and they put it in the thing, and then uh-huh. it sits around for a while, and then maybe it gets changed out. Maybe somebody, some other dude, comes up and they've got a hundo, and they're like, "I'll get, I'll get five heads of poco loco," mm-hmm. and then so. He gets changed. That guy goes home. It sits in his wallet for, I don't know, a couple weeks. Well, let's say he goes down to Target because he's a big fan of... Body pillows. Body pillows. And also really likes Roblox. Oh. So he wants to get... Sure. He's a 35-year-old man, real weirdo, who's into Roblox uh-huh. and body pillows. Mm-hmm. He buys some stuff with that. It's in the Target one for a while. Who knows if the Target one gives it... At some point... Do they check the numbers when it goes back to the bank when it gets deposited? I don't think they check all of it. And I think you're just describing small scale money laundering. Right. That's a thing. Right. Yeah. I don't well, if you maybe that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's a lot of work for twenty bucks. There's n- not many people do it, I I don't think, at that on that level. I'm feeling pretty good about all this Poco Loco. <laughs> again, I think it's Poyo Loco, but <laughs> for our Spanish speaking listeners, both here in the States and beyond. I'm thinking about I, a different place. Oh, so is there a place called Poco Loco? Uh, Rico Pollo, I think. That's a place, no, that's right? Rico Suave. Uh, yeah. That's, that sounds better, right? Suave. Man, that guy made a lot of money off of that. Yeah, I think he's in trouble right now, though. What did he do? He, like, tried to get grabby with his nephew or something. Oh, no. That's not very suave at all. But his, his nephew's like, hey, I don't know. You know what? Let's table that story. We'll come back to it later. Let's. I just want to say, well, we should have a celebrity gossip section. Celebrities, do not get on my bad side because you'll be messing Ooh. with a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so our next story comes to us from Vice. So the Zide Door Church, the Z-I-D-E, the Zide Door Church of Entheogenic Plants in Oakland, California, is, according to its website, uh, and I quote, a non-denominational interfaith religious organization that supports the use and safe access of all entheogenic plants with a focus on cannabis and magic mushrooms. I understood about a, a fifth of those words. Probably qualified. Well, well, I heard cannabis and I was like, <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. So basically the church's religion is what they call entheogenic plants, which are psychedelic plants. You say ichthyogenic? Entheogenic. Like fish? I think, no, I think no, no, it's in, like fish plants. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Like those are aquarium plants. This is an aquarium yeah. plant religion. Yeah, we need, to, we need to have Ben Johnson back on the show. To... If it's ichthyo. No, no, entheo. I'm hearing ichthyo. That'd be real scary if you're a fish and you got high and you are like super, you know, fish high and you're floating uh-huh. around down there and you had one yeah. of those big skeletons. You know, oh. you know, skeletons in the fish tank that have the, the, the treasure <laughs> yeah, chest that goes yeah, like open. Yeah, like a pirate skeleton. Yeah. float there and you'd be yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's huge. It's smaller than the people that feed me, but it's still huge. And then very scary. I'd probably, you know what? I bet those fish, they'd probably start getting real like paranoid. They're like, they're going to think that I killed them. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go hide in this ceramic hole in the ceramic cave. There's a section of PVC pipe I can swim into for a while. Yeah. Yeah. The church claims to have 60,000 members who each pay $5 a month and give donations in exchange for what the church calls sacrament. In other words, Marijuana and magic mushrooms. 
In 2020, Oakland police raided the Zydor church and seized $200,000 worth of its sacrament. No arrests were made and no one was charged since recreational marijuana is legal in California and psychedelic mushrooms have been decriminalized in Oakland since 2019. Last month, the church filed suit against the Oakland police in federal court seeking damages for the harms it suffered as a result of what it says are its first and 14th Amendment Amendment rights being violated. Just as a refresher real quick, your First Amendment, probably in this case, they're talking about freedom of religion. Uh, they could be talking about freedom of association, but probably not. And under four, the 14th, I didn't read the complaint. They're probably talking about the due process clause, which says that you can't take somebody's life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And since they didn't have a hearing... can you? What about the American way? What, what is that? It's a hell of a question, Mike. Life, liberty, and the American way. Oh, it's mm -hmm. not what the due process clause says. Mm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Right. What's your favorite book again? A little book called The Constitution. I think I think the authority is with us right now. Then, so yeah. Look, if Mike says it has in the American way in it, I'm going to go with. I'm going to trust. Okay. I'm going to trust the okay. the self-proclaimed constitutional scholar. The thing you need to remember about dude process is uh -huh. that it is. <laughs> you say dude process. <laughs> yes, it is slightly different from state to state, uh -huh. and so dude process has because of the you, the, the federal law is different in each. State. There's a lot more you can do with it in California because uh -huh. dude process. I mean, that's you know, like uh -huh. dude. It's very. It's part of the culture there. Dude process. Okay. Oh, I see. When you live in a red state like Texas, dude process is not quite the same that's why they got y'all process here <laughs> no <laughs> oh no <laughs> so the head of the church pushed back on claims that the church is just a way to dispense drugs saying those people quote just don't understand that we truly believe in this unquote before adding that the sermons he came up with while doing high doses of mushrooms were quote some of his most popular. But, you know, really all I don't and I am not completely a religious scholar, but the more I've, I. Well, not completely. Well, no, I'm a half. What's your second favorite book? My second favorite book is the Bible. There you go. So, but a lot of people are uh -huh. saying. Yeah. Uh -huh. That a lot of the Bible, especially the end, Revelations, uh -huh. was written on some sort of. How are you pronouncing it? Could you say it again? What book? Revelations. <laughs> no, the book, the book Revelations is in. When they wrote the book of Revelations in the uh -huh. Bible, that uh, that he was actually on a bunch of psychedelics, and I can't remember what that. But that's why it's it's. I mean, that part gets real freaky deaky. There's like uh -huh. fucking, you know, it's like ah, it's a wheel with eyeballs and and eight beasts come over the hill. One of them's wearing pants. It's all crazy. <laughs> Have you ever read Revelations? No. No. Well, you tell us about oh, well. it. Yeah, well, I'm let wanting. me tell you guys. I'm gonna. You're the one of the degree. favorite. Well, yeah. Just take a second, look back, and you search through your mind for some of your favorite passages yeah. from, as you say, Re Revelations. As you say, Re Revelations. Revelations. Uh, right. Yes, uh, Revelations. The Iron Maiden song. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And the power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts, the earth. And when he opened the fifth field, I saw under the altar the souls of them were slain by the word of God. And for the that's the money which they have. That's the crazy shit that they talk about in there. Wow. Yeah, that's... No, no disrespect. No disrespect, God. Right. When I say crazy sh shit, that's just nomenclature how we talk now. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. A lot of stuff going on there. They're trading. Wow. They're buying. Buying. They're getting discount. They're getting big discounts on wheat. Obviously, barley is a little bit more expensive because that's what you <laughs> use to make a strong IPA. 
okay. Well, you know, there's, there's, you talk about wheat and oil. It makes me think of the current conflict between Russia and their hated leader, Vladimir Putin, and the good people of Ukraine. Mm. That's the, the whole, there's a lot. This going to be some good comedy yeah. here. Well, let's, let's talk about some of this. This is real stuff. This is what, this is what our listeners are concerned with. Okay. This is all, and you know, a lot of people don't know this. The Bible is one mm. long anagram. Like for one word or yep. like, oh, wow. What's that word? No, just like, you know, if you read the, if you go, if you go the whole <laughs> thing backwards, it reads the same. Oh, you mean a palindrome? A palindrome? Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 And it's also an anagram. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's why uh, it's my favorite book. Yeah. It's so crazy. Only God writes something like that. <laughs> Believing anything that can be immediately checked and debunked is the best thing to believe ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how there's always this there's always a selection of pictures in the middle of the bible yeah, yeah. like the glossy if, if you flip those fast enough it, it looks like a cartoon it moves around oh whoa a little little flip book flip book yeah i'll have to try that too so yeah. read backwards see if i can't come up with a word and flip yeah. through the glossies i'm on it Thanks, Mike. And the stars of heaven fell unto earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Wow. But mighty wind. Now, when he says untimely figs uh-huh. right there, yeah. he's not really talking about just figs, right? Huh. Okay. Oh, wow. It's actually, that's actually an analogram. Analogram. Uh-huh. Basically, that's saying when Russia... In the future, not now, okay. when Russia tries to fight China, uh-huh. there's not going to be any fruit left for anybody Whoa. because of the nuclear weapons they use. Truly a chilling prophecy, Michael. Yep. So our next story is a bonus story. <laughs> wait, are we done? Wait, are we done uh, talking about... Are we about- done with that? I mean, just that's pretty crazy. I mean, just to think about like... Because, listen, a lot of people don't okay. understand... A lot of people did not understand the book of Revelations. and uh, Right, but you do. Well, I mean, I kind of do, but through help, because there is this guy that also had more, you know, the, a lot of this writing is like another guy who did psychedelics, uh-huh. who predicted a lot of things that came true, and his name was Nosferatu. Wow. And he Wait, had all the ideas. Was it a vampire? Nosferatu. <laughs> no, no, no. He was like a wizard. He looked like a wizard. Yeah. He got long uh-huh. hair. He did have long fingers, but he was not, he was not, right. he looked like a wizard. And Nosferatu... He 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 would do psychedelics and claim all. Think of all kinds of crazy shit where he'd go like, "The brown cow sleepeth, and in time, the tin can turns to oil." And you'll go like, "Oh, what is that? That's crazy shit." Turns out that means that in the year nineteen ninety nine, Crash is going to win Best Picture. <laughs> You can predict every Oscar winner if uh-huh. you if you really look into these books, these sayings. So, so you knew that that Dances with Wolves was going to be Goodfellas. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that then. But then, when you look back, you can see exactly where it says that. Oh, so, right. so it has to happen before you know that it predicted. No, it. no, no. I just didn't know how to read them back then because oh, okay, when it says something about when the man of no chin puts on. The horse, he shall trump and huh? triumph upon the little man smashes the fist what? and kicks with the foot. Oh, I totally get it. Basically yep. saying Kevin Costner is going to be Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah, yeah that, yep. was, that was clear. Very, no, I, was, I think it made a lot of sense. He was now, Nosferatu was a, he was a Russian cleric, right? Yeah, yeah, he was Russian cleric. He, like, he could not use swords. He could only are you use maces. About Rasputin? No, 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 no. Ra- no. Nosferatu. He was a did Russian he, cleric. Did he wear a big black robe? Yeah, yeah. He, like they tried to kill him but, over and over again. They couldn't. Yeah, do they it. tried to kill him a bunch. They couldn't do it because He's, clerics have healing powers. Clerics have healing powers, and they can yes. and they cannot use edge weapons. Yeah. They can only use maces. Nosferatu is a uh, is the undead. No. no. Then, then how did he carry around vorpal weaponry? So yeah, <laughs> I think we we solved this one. Are we solving them again? Yeah, I think we did right. solve this one. So our next story is a bonus story. If you want to listen to this, go to our Patreon and subscribe at at least the three dollar level. That's the Knights of Kevin level, and you get access to this and all our other bonus stories. 
That's the lowest level, though. Is that the lowest level, Kevin? Are there no, higher levels? The lowest levels level is, is level, like the $1 level. You go what there. Do you get for a dollar? Yeah. Satisfaction, probably. <laughs> yeah. The satisfaction of supporting us and our decadent lifestyles. So just for a dollar, yeah. people who enjoy $1. this on a weekly basis uh-huh. could demonstrate their joy and their their feeling of contentment they receive on a weekly basis for just a dollar. Yeah, you can express how much they love us for one dollar. For one dollar. For yeah. the cost of one Half? third of oh, a cup of coffee. Third. <laughs> depending on where you're getting it at. But most places still. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will use some of that to feed ourselves too. Well, I mean, the other thing we could almost afford some barley. Mm. What's the what's the going rate on barley right now? What's well, I'll tell you, the going rate on barley: a measure of oh, wheat no. is God. is a penny. I'm glad we could. But three measures of barley is a penny. I'm glad we but, could just bore but, the shit out of our listeners with this. Mm-hmm. But we just the thing pork, is, pork bellies. That next. We, that, listen, this is the okay. promise. This is the INS promise. Okay. okay. We thou hurt not the oil and the wine. That's a guarantee. We stand by that. That's the INS accord. We vow hurt not the barley and the wine. No, the oil and the wine. We get figs if they were in season, but I don't think they are right now. And definitely not white horses. We're not at the level that we could get. (laughs) No, no. If we had enough Patreon listeners, subscribers, then we could afford a white the the official INS white horse. Yeah. Mm. Do you think the horse is pale because it's anemic? Behold. <laughs> Probably. That's why we got to take care of it. Eating bad bad wheat. So I'll give you a little taste for this next story. It's about someone who is recently in the White House, not whoever you're thinking of, not that person. They were asked about their choice for a last meal, and I'm going to predict here right now that this story very quickly is going to go off the rails. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So this it, maybe but... maybe your jumping in point because this is there's something that's going to come out of my mouth that I never wanted to say ever. Oh, is that's... it? I love you, mom. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> Are you guys ready for get to know your podcast? We're covering the seedy side of Hollywood. Okay. I don't know. And you know, last week we talked about Bud Dwyer, the curse of Bud Dwyer, and then we talked about the curse. The little rascals, and that uh-huh. this week, what is happening? What's happening? <laughs> We're talking about the curse of poltergeist. Sometimes, oh wow, on awesome the international news service, we make references that you might not know about, might might not know about as much. One of them, for instance, is oftentimes one of us will say, and by one of us, I think probably. Only me will say, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> <Funny> every time. <laughs> well, when I say that, it is in reference to the 1982 film Poltergeist. Uh-huh. And it's a scene where after a whole bunch of crazy ass nutty stuff, the teenage daughter, uh, her name played by an actress named Dominique Dunn, Came back home to find that her entire house looked like it had a strobe light rave going inside and was getting sucked into itself. And she looked at it and she just screamed, "What's happening?" And one of and it, and actually like and I say it to make fun of it, but I'm not making fun of it because it genuinely I think scared me. She she delivers it. It's weird to have anyone scream that, but she de- <laughs> delivers it with a real sense of what is happening. Right. She's genuinely confused. She delivers the line, what's happening with a real sense of terror. And yes, we we use it for comic device here, but let's get to know the movie Poltergeist a little bit more. Poltergeist is a 1982 American supernatural horror film directed by Toby Hooper, who also directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre and... (laughs) Life Force, which is one of the best movies for so good. looking at boobs. <laughs> it was written by Steven Spielberg and uh-huh. Michael Grass and Mark Victor from a story from Steven Spielberg. Stars Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Heather O'Rourke, Bernice Strait, and the aforementioned Dominique Dunn. It was, it was actually the idea for this initially came from... E.T. is going to be a horror movie right. called Dark Skies. 
And it was all about ETs come down. And they look kind of like ET, but they're mean and shit like that. And they yeah. want to do something with Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper is still kind of hot after the after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're giving him bigger stuff to direct. And Toby Hooper's like, we should do a ghost movie. That'd be better. So a lot of people, this is where the curse begins. Uh-huh. Who directed Poltergeist? Yes, Toby Hooper's name's on the credit, but a lot of people think that he was sidelined and that Spielberg actually is the one who right. directed most of the movie. There's a lot of... It feels like a Spielberg movie. It, it feels like a Spielberg movie, for sure. What the movie's about, it's about a family. They move in, or they're getting a house worked on. I can't believe they've just moved in or not. They've moved in. It's like a new housing development. Right, like new a housing company development. Company development. Yeah. Out in California, yeah, right? And uh, yeah. and the dad, Craig T. Nelson, also known as Coach, he <laughs> works for the uh, the company that set up the, the development. Joe Beth Williams is a stay at home wife. They've got two. They've got a teenage daughter, named, played by Dominic Dunn, and then uh, how old's the boy? He's probably about twelve. Yeah, eight he, year old Robbie oh, and five year old mm. Carolyn. Yeah. So things start to get a little bit weird at the house. And I'm not talking about the supernatural stuff at first, because the first weird thing that happens is the kids are all getting up to go to school, and the teenage daughter that's going to high school is immediately lightly sexually harassed by the guys working on the pool outdoor. Oh, yeah. They stick out their tongue and give, like, the cunnilingus singles. Whoa. And she she responds with uh, an elaborate way where she looks like she's trying to going to give them a hug and then turns it into the, uh, the old middle finger uh, hand. I don't even know what you call it. Like the, you it's put like your a French hand in your elbow and the mom who sees all of this happen, just kind of shakes her head and laughs. <laughs> My daughter getting sexually harassed by people right here in the house who work for me. <laughs> Whatever. They're working for me. Different time. So things start to get weird in a paranormal way soon. Right. Late night, the uh, TV starts coming on and it's just static. And Carol Ann, inexplicably, the little girl, the little blonde girl, she goes, she'll touch the, the, the TV and just talk to unseen voices. And uh, things just start to escalate. There's uh, Stuff starts moving around. It's very crazy things are happening. All of a sudden, one night, a light, a portal appears, and it sucks little Carol Ann in. The rest of the movie is them trying to get Carol Ann out of the netherworld. They have to hire some psychics. They have to hire some parapsychologists. Mm. And they do their damnedest to battle with unseen and seen psychokinetic forces. It all ends with the aforementioned scene of the house getting sucked into, I don't know, a yellow strobe light void. And them driving away when Dominique does. So, movie's a huge hit, but a lot of controversy comes out after it. A lot of strange things around this movie. Now, there's a sequence in the movie where heads, where coffins start popping out of the pool, the unfinished pool, and right. opening up. And the famous line that I also, also think has been yeah. repeated on the show is, You son of a bitch! <laughs> You moved the gravestones, but you left the coffins. You moved the gravestones, but you left the coffins. I mean, damn, spoiler alert. Well, I mean, listen, this movie came out in 1982. If you're right. wa- if you're listening, I'm sorry. And it's know, so good anyway. It is really good. It still is a good movie. Now, this movie, as aforementioned, may be cursed. Here's a crazy thing. The movie that's based around these coffins with skeletons popping up and that these ghosts are possibly attacking the house because the family has resided, has made their dwelling over that, that actually might be true in real life because the skeletons they used in there were actual real skeletons. It was cheaper for them to go rent a bunch of skeletons and stick them in these coffins. Oh man, so they're swimming around with real skeletons? Yeah. There's, they were swimming around with Oof. real skeletons in these coffins. Now, let's, let's think about what happens in this curse. Okay, first of all, the first person to die from this curse is Dominique Dunn. She is the daughter of Dominique Dunn, who is a real famous crime reporter. He passed away fairly recently at a ripe old age. But he's, he was a guy that wrote for Vanity Fair all the time. And her brother was Griffin Dunn, right. who is Rick Griffin Dunn, who starred in After Hours and shit, 
desperately seeking Susan, yeah. who's like the main dude in that. So she's had a couple acting credits on TV, but she had a lot like the buzz was behind her in Hollywood because this was a huge movie. And she starts dating this guy. He's a he's a chef. He's like a famous kind of up and coming chef in a at a restaurant that Wolfgang Puck got his start in. And they moved in together real quick. And at some point, she's meeting with a dude, and they're rehearsing lines. And all of a sudden, the 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 boyfriend came up. She apparently they'd been having a falling out, but he came out and just strangled her with his bare hands right there outside the house. She's twenty two years old. He strangles her. Now Dominique Dunn, Dominique Dunn is a crime writer. For he's for Vanity Fair for huge pieces. He, he, they catch the kid, and the kid you know goes to trial. Dominic Dunn is there th- throughout the trial, obviously writing about this guy, writing about who murdered his daughter, right? Yeah. Murder, yeah, the guy who murdered his daughter. And I don't know what is behind this. I don't. I, I couldn't figure out what machinations were behind this. The dude gets two and a half years of jail time. That sounds like the opening of a Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then when he gets out, he immediately goes back to work at this like super high end restaurant. So Dominic Dunn, probably Griffin Dunn too, would just like find out when his shifts were and just go like protest signs out front. So eventually, the dude changed his name, moved away, but apparently he's still a chef somewhere. Dominic Dunn went and tried to hire a hitman uh. to kill this dude. Uh, he went to a, a fixer guy who's actually really famous, named Anthony. Pelicano. Oh. Pelicano? He's like Come. Harvey Keitel in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but more more like uh, he was a dude that Eddie worked Mannix. with all the stars. A dude that worked with all the stars like that. Like okay, he, yeah, Eddie Mannix. Yeah, a very Eddie Mannix type guy. Okay. Uh, he was actually worked for Steven Seagal a whole bunch. Steven Seagal apparently worshipped this dude because he was like a legit, sketchy, tough guy. Yeah. And uh, when rumors were starting to come out about Steven Seagal and, and people were starting to write articles about how Steven Seagal was like a dumb piece of shit. He would, the, the hitman or the, the PI guy would go leave like a, a fish head with like a note that said you on it and stuff like that. But, um, so that guy ends up going to jail for a bunch of stuff. And this is crazy too. One of his clients that went to jail based on him is director John McTiernan, the guy who wrote Die Hard. He directed Die Hard. He directed Die Hard. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Uh, directed and Die Hard. He went to jail Warrior. for a year, a year in connection to this dude. Oh. And what? Predator. 13th Warrior. He also and the 13th, 13th Warrior. Maybe. I don't know. It's true. Yeah, but so Dominique Dunn, she's only 22. She passes away. I'm sorry. Who is she in the movie again? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> then the next real chunk of tragedy is uh, Heather O'Rourke dies at 12 years old. And Oof. it's a weird one because it's just she got a weird intestinal disorder and it was caused septic shock. She died of cardiac arrest. Now, the weird thing about it was that there's virtually no way that she could have had this happen without any like debilitating symptoms. You know, uh-huh. like this all just kind of came out of nowhere. They think it might have been she caught a parasite from swimming in a pool well, like like oh, some family a well out there. But a lot of these poltergeist scenes involved a lot of water, uh, a lot of swimming around, yeah. and a lot of mucky water, a lot of skeleton water, a lot of skeleton water. She uh, and now and before this, you know, there was already there was already a whole bunch of like worry that there was that there was some sort of evil when they were approaching doing Poltergeist 2, the sequel. And uh, so there was a, a Native American actor named Will Sampson, who was, he'd also played the uh, the chief in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, yeah. He stars in that. And he went and did an exorcism, tried to do an exorcism on that to clear it out. People said that the set, people that didn't even know he did, said the set felt better the next day. Oh, wow. Yet, and this was two that you're talking about now, this right? part two, yeah. Okay. Part two. Yet still, Will Simpson died tragically at the age of 55 for just a weird kidney failure thing that they don't really know exactly how or why it happened. And then the, the real scary old guy died. Oh, the guy from part they, two died. But God, he had stomach cancer. Guy? Yeah, yeah. He he had he had stomach cancer before right. the uh, before he started shooting it. He already knew. 
And you look well, it's at like him. Like the ghost knew he was going to be in it and gave him. Well, some I cancer. mean, maybe they do. They do like connect him to a whole bunch of uh, when they're talking about the curse of poltergeist, and uh, I find that one a little bit, yeah, a little bit reachy because you look at him and he looks like a dead <laughs> skeleton man. <laughs> I was in the movie. Yeah. I'm sure that's why he was cast because he looked like <laughs> a pretty much dead skeleton man. Yeah, one of the guys. In the he's a, he's only in the movie for a minute. His name's Lou Perryman. He's a, in the first one. Lou he's Perry. one of the Lou Lou Perryman. Oh, okay. Perryman. He's one of the guys who's actually working on the house, and he's not the one that sexually harasses. He's he's kind of a big, tall, goofy guy who says, "You got any more coffee, Mrs. Uh, Freeling?" And he's kind of he's very like like a comic one line character, a very Steven Spielberg character. He's actually from Austin. He mm-hmm. he was in a, a movie that called The Whole Shooting Match that was kind of like the first mumblecore. It was this black and white movie that inspired a whole lot of people. You, when you watch it, you can really see how Richard Linklater kind of got his style and vibe. It's kind of a weird hangout movie. Okay. But he was a guy that just kind of passed doing B, B stuff here and there and getting little bit parts and stuff. But he, in 2009... He was killed by, he was 67, an ex-convict was trying to find a place to hide out and uh, killed him with an axe. Axe murdered him. Wow. Oh, man, axe murdered. That's, that's poltergeisty, kind of. Yeah. Well, it's also making me think of the poor little rascal who befriended the homeless person. Yeah. Yes, I'm getting exactly. a little flashback to prior curse. The curse of the little rascals. Do you think, th- this is just a general poltergeist question. If if the original is a ten out of ten, I think right. We can all agree. Say, that yeah. it's, it's pretty good. It yeah. is. It's yeah. a top. It's a top movie. Yeah. yeah. Where does the sequel rank to y'all? Because, but I think they brought everybody back for the sequel, right? They brought everybody they could. Well, I believe Dominique well, Swain was dead, though. They had to get a different. Dominique Dunn. Dominique Dunn. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, I would put it at about a five or six, probably. Okay. Okay. I remember liking it. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah, it's I, scary. I didn't see it again. It was scary. It had like it looked like it had the same cinematographer. It had that same kind of lighting. But then they did a third movie, which is the movie that Heather O'Rourke died right after, and it is garbage. Actually, she died during the filming, so there's a bunch of oh, shots wow. they had to kind of Never. had to fake without her or whatever. But it's really, it's really, really bad, and it's no. She's the only uh, cast member that's in it. Yeah, Tom Skerritt's in that one, right? Tom Skerritt's, yeah. I think you should reassess that one. The third one's pretty good. Really? Yeah. For the listener, that's Mark Ryan. Mark Ryan. <laughs> Let us know. Mark Ryan. We should watch that. I haven't. Yeah. Right. I don't think I've ever it. seen it. Is IMS it good? Li- official INS is it, listen. Is it good, though, more in the sense of it's its own movie? I remember it having, other than Heather O'Rourke being in it, and it being like a haunted, a ghosty movie, and having a guy that looks like the... Uh, preacher guy that mm-hmm. having very little to do with the other poltergeist films it's good because it has amazing practical crazy special effects okay and the movie is not as good as the first one by any means yeah but like it's just it's just it's a lot of fun and it mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense but it's still a lot of fun i remember the second one has a big elongated scene where craig t nelson is lamenting what's going on in his life. So he drinks tequila and he drinks the worm. And then the worm somehow turns into a giant beast that he has to vomit out of his, <laughs> out of his stomach. Yeah. Wow. I remember that too. I mean, I've had nights like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is the braces one. Is that the first or the second one where Robbie's braces go nuts? The that wires. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool looking too. I, that. I, I will say this watching, rewatching the first one. The, the weird thing is, you know, I, this was one of the first horror movies I've seen uh-huh. I, when I was a kid. Like, I remember, like, my dad kind of preparing me and watching it. And the first, like, true horror. I mean, I'd seen, like, old Universal monster movies in black and white and stuff like right, that. Right. But uh, the weird thing that I was going to say is I remember when I first saw that and Craig T. Nelson looking like a dad, kind of even looking a little bit like my dad. Yeah. And then just kind of thinking of Joe Beth Williams as a mom. And when you watch it now, uh, Joe Beth Williams is probably 20 years younger than me. 
and the hottest mm-hmm. young yeah. chick you she's so hot and young it's and it just it really because i hadn't watched this movie in several decades and like it really messed with my brain a little bit because she was oh, went from being mom like just like the the mom and craig t nelson still looks like a dad pretty much like he doesn't right i don't know what the, i don't know what the age difference was for the two well, of no, them they, they talk about that in the movie there's a, there's one scene and maybe they cut it out of some versions but there's a scene where they're in bed and they're smoking weed together the parents and they say something about her marrying him or being with him or something since she was 15 well, maybe he was supposed to be seventeen. No, or no, he was like old. Like when they got married, I think she was fifteen. Well, he's kind of a, a Michael Ironsides type, right? Uh, what? I mean, Dauber would probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only the, and the only this is just another weird. There's a cast member, Richard Lawson. He was aboard U.S. Air Flight 405 when it crashed into Flushing Bay in March of '92. A total of 27 people. Out of the 51 were killed. But Lawson actually survived. That's the one exception to the rule. Maybe it's because he, unlike the others, did not pretend to put his fingers in one of the skeleton's butts. I don't, skeletons don't have butts. Well, the rest can of you, them pretended that they were doing that. Can you still rent skeletons? Is that still something that you can do? I don't think so. I mean, if you could, you know I would. Right. I mean, yeah, but you'd have several long-term leases of skeletons happening yeah. right now i mean i would definitely be renting to own i would rent to own that's the the wise way to purchase anything can i ask you guys did you see poltergeist when you were a kid because we're all roughly the same right. age mm-hmm. i mean i'm immortal because i have an amulet but nonetheless mm-hmm. right. mentally i'm the same age i mean maybe younger it came out at the same time for all of us did you guys see when did you see it how did you see it, and were you scared? Because I think for a lot of people our age, it was the first truly true horror movie because it was rated PG. Right. Because they hadn't come out with PG thirteen. Yeah. And and watching it again, like it is kind of crazy. There's definitely they the mom and dad smoke pot, and there's there's just there's some really there's a real crazy gore scene where a guy is gets into his head he, it, it turns out it's not real but he rips his face off yeah. and just continues to rip and that was the scene that truly bothered me i knew a bunch of goofy kids that were like i was scared when the skeletons popped out grow up <laughs> baby, That's stuff. baby stuff right i saw two in the theater somehow i'm almost positive that probably with another kid's parents or older sister or older brother is probably how that happened and I saw the first the same way at somebody else's house on a VHS rental. And nice. it was very scary. It was at night. No one talked. I had never seen it before. It's one of the first. You're, you're right. You talk. There's a lot of horror movies, but this was like a thriller horror movie. It's the first one of those I ever saw that was actively designed to scare the person watching it and not yeah. just be a tale of horror. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it was super scary. It's still scary if I watch it. Yeah. Man. It's well Scary done. Movies. Yeah. Yes. So I saw it. Uh, there was a Friday when we went to visit my aunt in Columbus. And because she lived in the big city, she had cable. And it was like, it just came on HBO as soon as we showed up. And we, that night, my mom's like, oh, I like scary movies. And just, we sat and watched it. And I was horrified. <laughs> like, I loved it. I thought it was great. But it was just, it was like, Scary scene followed by scary scene followed by scary scene followed by me just glad we didn't have a fucking pool. Yeah, to this day, I'm still a little unnerved when if I think something is turned on by itself or just Mm -hmm. and and I'm pretty sure it's because of that movie that I still have like a uh. what about you, Mark? Um, I don't remember the first time I saw that movie. Uh, that wasn't my first horror movie. I probably saw VHS or on cable, but I remember liking a lot, but I don't have a really solid memory of that. My first horror movie was the 1979 Franklin Jell of Dracula. Oh yeah. Good choice. And I was way too young. They, my, cause I begged my parents to take me to that because I loved Dracula. So, <laughs> and it went to way too late and it was yeah, that scared the crap out of me you were like five 
five. Yes. That's really yeah. young. That's too young. Yes. That's too young. Yeah. We're going to have to talk with your parents. While, while, I'm disappointed. While Poltergeist is, by now standards, much scarier for a five-year-old to see that versus uh, whatever, we were eight or whatever. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, right? my, my, a lot of it was just that rating that I guess my dad was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to watch this together. I remember being extremely proud of myself for making it through that movie. I remember feeling like I really accomplished stuff and that the end was less scary. I think every once one, I was just so worried about someone having to rip their face off again Yeah, because that, that gore scene was really intense. Late at night, I would get a little nervous and try not to look like if I had to pee or something, try not to look in the mirror too long out of fear that maybe I might touch my face and see something. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. So that wraps up another week in the International News Service. Find us across social media at International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. Tell your friends they can get INS's sacrament for free wherever they get podcasts. Check out the INS merch store at Redbubble and our Patreon. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS the news you need.